This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're on episode 40, which 40.5 came out last week. Um, and it's not because we can't count. It's because this it episode, was easier. Yep. And this episode will take a very long time for me to make. So it's difficult. Also, um, it took a lot of research when the other one was just our lives. Yeah. It was easy to just talk and blab and do whatever. Um, so that being said, we did a ton of call outs on that last one. Uh, so go ahead and check it out if you didn't hear your name and a couple things to note. So AJ blue nine, nine, nine. Thank you for your review. You'll have two entries into the, uh, Next drawing. Oh, the drawing. We're going to do it at the end of this episode. The drawing um, for our next winners. And uh, yeah, you'll have two entries. So please reach out to us on social media at SkepSkepPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also at SkepSkepPod on Patreon, SkepticalSkeptics.com, SkepticalSkeptics at gmail.com. Um, but if you go to our website, it has everything on there. So uh, reach out to us. That way we can get a hold of you in case you win, um, which you'll find out at the end of this episode. That's exciting. Another thing to note is if you think we missed your question on the Q&A episode, it's not because we didn't think it was worthy. It's because we're badly organized. Um, so <laughs> it, it, and it's not like we tried. We, we screenshotted everything we could, but it's just we have so, so many social media profiles. It's kind of hard to um, keep yeah, it all straight. Right. So it, it's not because your question was bad. So if we missed your question or you just didn't get one in on time, go ahead and send it in to us and we will answer it either as we go or in in uh, gearing up for another Q&A. Um, same thing goes for ghost stories. So someone did send us in uh, another ghost story and then another person, uh, Ooh, who I meant to call out, but I just didn't. So in addition to AJ blue, we also have, remember I have a call out too. Otaku country, I think is how you say it. Otaku country. They're actually thinking about starting a podcast. So they've asked us a couple questions about that. So whenever that comes out, um, we'll definitely plug them so that you can uh, hear their podcast as well. Um, but yeah, so if you feel like we've missed you at all at any point, um, just feel free to reach out to us and just give us another reminder. Also, um, we're sorry and we're the worst. Yeah, exactly. Um, stickers going out today for the patrons and for anyone. Uh, I think it's just patrons. Yeah, for the patrons. So stickers are going out today. Also, I have a shout out to my um, my cousin, Lena, who became a patron and bought a hoodie. And also recommended us on her Facebook page. So thanks for that. Also, I wanted to give a shout out to her kiddos because apparently they also love the podcast. Um, so shout out to Sophie, Liam, Mason, Adelaide, and Layla. Thanks for listening, guys. Yep. You're the reason why we tried to cut out curse words. Not you specifically, but all You children's. in general. <laughs> yeah, you in general. Um, Your people. And we're not perfect about it. I did catch a couple curse words in the Q&A. So sorry, I, I didn't mean to put those out. Um, but we're, so we're, we're trying is what I'm getting at. So now that I've called out children on this episode, I also want to say, um, this episode's a little rough. It's a little painful. There's a lot of details. This yeah. guy just sucks. So, um, if you don't want your kids listening to an hour and a half or however long this will be of murder, maybe don't. Yeah. Like, Go back to I like wouldn't a different say, episode. It, it's not like overly it's more of like um ominous and creepy than it is like gory which by the way we are talking about 
the Zodiac Killer. The Zodiac in Killer, case you of missed course. It. So, yeah, I mean, you can't go do a special about the Zodiac Killer without getting into some nitty gritty. I mean, it's just so much killing. So, yeah, look out for it. Um, and, yeah. The, oh, in the news this week? Yes. I wanted to open up with something that's, rel- like, not only relevant to the episode, but just relevant in general. Area 51 raid is happening today, quote unquote. Send us videos. Please don't die. Yeah, it's uh, probably not actually happening. Although two Dutch kids uh, like 10 days ago got caught trying to they they were three miles in to the Area 51 area um, and they had like drones on them and cameras and stuff. And they they got sentenced to a year in jail. Hey, also, guys, Um, just don't do it, though. Yeah, don't do it. But But if you but if if you do it, you don't listen to me, please live stream it, live stream it. Don't just do a video and then you upload it later because you'll be in jail. You'll be confiscated. Yeah. So Live all their stuff streaming. got, got con- confiscated um, and they only got three days in jail, it turns out, but still. Um, and then also uh, the little town of like Rachel, which is right next to Area 51. Hey, that's me. Yeah. Is uh, like super prepared for this huge group of people. Oh, um, I'm sure they're pumped for the. They're not pumped. They're no, scared. But, oh, scared. I was thinking they'd be pumped for the uh, tourists for like well, the money they, they're they going to make. But the problem is, is apparently there was like this music festival that like, just like the fire fest, like just never happened. Mm-hmm. So they were worried that, you know, people would be revolting in their small streets. Hmm. Um, so anyway, keep an eye out on that. Um, and by that, I mean, it'll be multiple days until this is released. So now, you know, when we recorded <laughs> and that I'm slow at editing because of life. Um, also, I have an in the news that is relevant to the Zodiac Killer. So, um, about five years ago, a man named Gary Stewart came out with a huge claim that he believes Earl Van Best Jr., who is his biological father, is to be the Zodiac Killer. I'm going to talk about him. Really? Yes. Well, I'm already talking about him. This is in the news. So, How long ago was this? I thought it was like 2014. Just five years ago. Yeah, 2014. I knew That's it. That's what I said, but oh, it's still okay. rel- it's like the most relevant thing About to the Zodiac, Zodiac killer. killer there is. Okay, well, let me pull up my notes then. Um, so he was abandoned by his father in 1962 on an apartment stairwell in downtown Baton Rouge when he was just a month old. He met his biological mother in 2002. She told her that Earl Van Best Jr. was the biological father of him. And she also said that he was basically a horrible person who beat her and stole... Gary from her to then abandon him. Yep. So I don't really understand that point. Um, but, and obviously like Stewart is not the first person apparently to have ever claimed that the Zodiac killer was his, um, his father. There was a few other people who have done it, but the, uh, relevance of Gary is the fact that the San Francisco police have that, have a partial of the Zodiac killers DNA and they took Gary's DNA and they said they could not rule out that the Zodiac Killer was his father, which I don't know how much proof that actually gives. Right. But so he wrote a book, The Most yeah. Dangerous Animal of All. Um, and that's where he made this claim again for profit. Um, he said that Best also resembled the composite sketch of the Zodiac. Right. Um, and that he lived in California at the time of the killings. And he was interested in ciphers and knew a Satanist and a Manson family member. Um, he also liked Gilbert and Sullivan, which uh, references a Zodiac letter and also served time in prison for the statutory rape of Stewart's mother um, and also held a grudge, a grudge against San Francisco Chronicle po- reporter Paul Avery, like the one yeah, that I'm going to talk, talk about him mm-hmm. um, because he wrote a series of articles about the couple because of the statutory rape. Um, so that's those are the things that uh, 
really go in the favor. Stewart also claimed that he found Best's initials in the Zodiac ciphers, and a document examiner said the handwriting on Best's marriage certificate matched the Zodiacs as well. Um, but their fingerprints didn't match. That's one mark against it. Um, and then many more marks. So one, <laughs> one of the things is that um, the method that Stewart used to crack the cipher was questionable. Um, and, you know, thus, you know, getting away with the, the initials thing. Right. Um, the fingerprint uh, was only similar to the Zodiacs if it was reversed. And the handwriting on the marriage certificate that supposedly matched the uh, um, Zodiac's handwriting was the minister's handwriting, not Best's. And oh. yeah, um, as for Best's uh, resemblance to the sketch, Butterfield, who's a researcher I'm going to talk about, says, quote, a crew cut with horn, horn rimmed glasses was hardly a unique look in the 1960s. So true. But he is also they're filming a documentary about it right now. So that's why it was in the news for me is because they're ah. they're filming a documentary. It's going to come out. Well, so just more money for a false claim. So yeah, there we go. But I also bummer, though, if it is Earl Van uh, Earl Van Best, dude's dead. Oh, yeah. He died so, in 1984. No justice. Yeah. Well, maybe justice. Who knows? In an unmarked grave in in Mexico, interesting. which is interesting. If you told me that the Zodiac was buried in an unmarked grave in Mexico, I would not be surprised. Yep. So anyways, that's our in the news. Yes. Um, so new stickers, new merch, new stuff like that. Um, just wanted to mention on skepticalskeptics.com, there is a new tab labeled merch. Um, a lot of people have been asking how to get to the merch and... Uh, you know, the Redbubble store wasn't exactly convenient to get to, but now there are links under that merch tab. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, so go ahead and go there. There's links to our Patreon and to the Redbubble stores and the Big Head Media stores. So check that out. Uh, one more thing. So Ghost Hunt was relatively successful. Um, if you don't have the hour long to watch that Ghost Hunt, um, which is totally fine, uh, I will be putting out a reaction video, which will also serve as a highlight video because the highlights will be in there. And we did catch a couple anomalies for those of you that voted on our polls. So, um, yes, as far as would we catch something, people voted yes. That that actually was the majority. And yeah, we did. We caught two strange anomalies. Um, next Ghost Hunt. We actually have a real night vision camera that actually works, which is great. So be on the lookout for it. Well, we're going to go in a couple weeks and then we'll put it out probably in a week or two after that. And um, yeah, just go to the YouTube channel, like, comment and subscribe. Appreciate uh, the few of you that have. Um, but yeah, so check it out. We did catch a couple things and be on the lookout for that highlight video. All right. Now we're going to get into the Zodiac Killer. Here we go. So... In case you didn't know, uh, the Zodiac Killer did all of his bad things in um, northern, mostly northern California, like the San Francisco Bay Area. That's mostly where it was, but he he did go outside of San Francisco, but northern California um, between the late 1960s and the early 1970s. So the very first murder that was ever like officially connected to him happened on December 20th of 1968. I'm going to be saying a lot of dates. And so I'm going to try to keep connecting them back to each other because otherwise it's like, wait, what was the last one she said? You know what I mean? Like, it's just I got confused myself reading it all because there's just so many dates. Anyways, um, so the very first murder ever connected to Zodiac, um, which I feel weird, like halfway through this. I wrote so many notes. Half of these notes, I just started calling him Zodiac like we're friends. Like, he's no longer the Zodiac killer or even the Zodiac. He's just Zodiac. He's Zodiac. Um, but I just couldn't write the Zodiac killer seven million times. Anyways, so uh, the first murder connected to my, my, my boy, Zodiac, 
was December 20th, 1968 in Benicia, California on Lake Herman Road. Um, so it was Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday. They were going on their first date. They went to a restaurant and then they drove out on Lake Herman Road to, of course, go to Lover's Lane because that's what you did in the 60s after dates, right? So Faraday parked his car in a gravel turnout at around 10.15. Um, at 11 p.m., a woman named Stella Borges found their bodies. So there's a second set of tire tracks next to his car. So it's believed the killer drove up next to him, ordered them both to get out of the car. As Faraday was getting out, he shot him. So then Jensen, obviously scared out of her mind, started running, um, but was shot about 20 feet from the car five times in the back. Yeah. Um, so then the next, his next, um, victims, I guess, was on July 4th of 1969. So this was about six months later. The first one was December 20th, 1968. This one was July 4th, 1969. So around midnight, Darlene Farron and Michael McGee, I can't say that. McGill, McGo, McGoo. McGough? M-A-G-E-A-U. Oh, no. Yeah, McGow, Magoo, 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 Magoo. That just makes me take it less seriously, like Mr. Magoo. Um, they went to the Blue Rock Springs Park, which is only four miles away from Lake Herman Road, where the other two were killed, um, and also parked. Another car pulled into the lot and parked next to them, but then drove away quickly. About 10 minutes later, the same car pulled up and parked behind them. Uh, the person got out of the car, approached the passenger side of Farron's car. So Farron, uh, Darlene Farron was the one driving. Michael Magoo was in the passenger seat. Okay. So he, he approached the passenger side um, with a flashlight and a nine millimeter lugger. Is that what it's called? Luger. Luger. Um, he flashed the, the flashlight directly into both of his eyes and then started shooting at them five times. He started to walk away, but then Magoo started moaning. So he returned and shot each of them two more times. Also, um, Farron got hit by some of the bu bullets that went through Magoo and hit her. So uh, Farron died, but Magoo did live, even though he was shot in the face, neck, and chest, which is like three murder places. That's pretty amazing. If I, mean. I were to shoot somebody in three places. Right. Yeah. And he would walk away like he's dead. That dude is dead. No part of you would be confused about that, but he made it. Um, he did give the police a description of the killer saying he was a man between 26 and 30, 100 to 195 to 200 pounds, five foot eight Caucasian and with light brown curly hair. So um, on July 5th, 1969 at 1240 a.m. So this was this happened right before midnight on July 4th. So then only like 40 minutes later, okay, um, the, de police, the police department got a phone call from a man confessing to both crimes. He then quickly hung up. When they traced the call, it was at a phone booth at a gas station three-tenths of a mile from Farron's home. Um, obviously, so far, there was no really connection made between the killings. The killers. I mm -hmm. mean, if you, really, if you look back and watch any kind of documentary about any kind of killings that happened back in the 60s, 90% happened. When people were parked at Lover's Lane places, right? Like, this was so common and so normal that, yeah. So, no, there was no, obviously, there was no connection between them. So, August 1st of 1969 was the very first time that he ever um, made, did commu made communication with 
people with like the newspapers the and police and stuff. Reporters. Yeah. No, not the police. Well, I mean, messages to the yes. police through. The- um, so he wrote uh, three identical letters to the Vahelio Times, Herald, San Francisco Chronicle and the San Francisco Examiner. Um, in the letter, he took credit for both killings. At the bottom of each letter, there was one third of a 408 symbol cryptograph. He claimed that it contained his identity. He also threatened that if they didn't print it on each of their front pages, he would, quote, cruise around all weekend killing lone people in the night, then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend, end quote. So even though this threat happened, the Chronicle was the only one that published it, which like, why did the other two were just like, nah. We don't care. Like, I just feel like it's like, but what if, you know, like just post the damn thing, right? I, I don't see the downside. It's It would probably sell better. It, and, yeah, if anything, it's going to give you. Right. Serious, people are going to like, you know, flock it to it. It does set a precedent, though, which I guess. It does. And I get it. But at the same time, which I'm which to be it, I mean, to be fair, the only one he really continued to communicate with was the Chronicle because he knew they would publish his crap. <laughs> right. But still, they I mean, they made great sales because of it. Yeah, though. they did. Anyways, um, so yeah, they were the only one to publish it, and underneath it, uh, underneath it, there was a quote from the police chief Jack E. Stoltz, uh, where he said, "quote We're not satisfied. The letter was written by the murderer." End quote, and he requested that the murderer send them more information to prove that he is the killer, like his name and address. Which, like, <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah, but you you know that type of stuff works though. I know, because these people are crazy. Yeah. Like, people who do this are not of sound mind. Like, there was this thing where, um, and it started off as a joke. Like, they, uh, a police station was like, um, we're doing free meth testing. Bring oh, in I your meth this, and we'll, yes. we'll make sure it's clean for you. And they got, like, four arrests or something from it. Idiots. Anyways. Um, that guy was me. So, although, <laughs> although <laughs> the other two um, did not publish the letters, those that killing never happened. Those killings didn't happen, at least not that we know about. Right. Um, so on August 7th of 1969, so this is six days later, uh, the examiner got another letter that stated, that's started with quote, dear editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. This is the first time he ever called himself that there was ever Zodiac part of it, which by the way, I don't think it's really fair that he got to give himself his own name. Right. Like that. Remember that one murder I was talking about? What was he? He was like the doodler. The doodler. He didn't get to pick that name. No. He didn't get to say, hey, I approve of that. When Zodiac got to be like, hey, I got, I want this bomb's name. And everyone was like, That was it. the doodler's fault, though. He didn't claim his name. He he was in the same area as the Zodiac. He should have known. That's true. He should have just said his own name. Right. Um. Also, I just noticed right after you saying we're trying not to curse as much and I've cussed twice. Um. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just did three seconds ago. Uh, I'll drop them. Just in our conversation, we do it enough that you didn't notice. Oh my gosh. Um, so also in this letter, he described details about both of the murders that had not yet been released, which is a great way to prove that you did it. Um, he also said that when the police cracked his code, quote, they will have me. So on August 8th of 1969, so the next day, August 8th, Donald and Betty Harden cracked the code to the cryptograph. Um, so this is what the letter said, quote, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise and that I have killed 
Oh, the people I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. And then after that was just a bunch of letters. That they, I guess, either didn't scramble right or he just wrote weird things at the end. Um, so obviously he did not give his identity and he said he wouldn't because he didn't want them to stop him. So that was like at the time, the last time he communicated with them until the next attack, which was on September 27th. Um, two college students, Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard, were having a picnic at Lake Berryessa. Um, a man approached them, which this is terrifying. A man approached them wearing a black executioner-like hood. And you know how they have like just like the little holes for eyes, like their faces covered? He had... Glasses. No, just took the clip-on part of glasses mm. and stuck them on there. Which why wouldn't you just wear sunglasses? That was like a lot of work. Um, it's, it's, that feels like a solution to someone who tried wearing sunglasses and for one reason or another it did not work <laughs> like out. They like slipped off or something. Yeah. yeah, and then also a bib-like device on his chest with a white cross circle symbol on it. I feel like I need to describe that, but really, you know what it is. Everybody knows it's the it's the zodiac sign. Just Google zodiac watches. Yeah, it's his little sign. Um. Or Zodiac Killer. Yeah. So he also had a gun, um, which Hartnell later described as a forty-five. He claimed to be an escaped convict from a jail in either Colorado or Montana, and he needed their car and money to get to Mexico because apparently the car he had stolen was too hot. This is a big ruse, I feel like. Um, he took out some pre-cut plastic clothesline and had Shepard tie up Hartnell, and then he tied her up. And then he drew a knife and started stabbing them both repeatedly. In the end, Hartnell was stabbed six times and Shepard was stabbed ten. Okay, so what was the point of the whole, like, I need your car thing? Should then just stab them. He doesn't seem very, like, well thought out. Like, no. none of his murders seem like I planned this beforehand. It's all very spur of the moment. Like, I mean, he did have the clothesline already on him. And obviously, so he knew he was going to kill someone. But I don't think he knew who or how. Well, I think that's part of the fear behind him, right? Was it was just random. Yeah, and that you couldn't you couldn't have a picnic, you couldn't be on Lover's Lane, you couldn't be a cab driver and driver, you know. Right. Like well, and the crazy part is like um he had a gun. He was holding a gun and then just took out a knife and stabbed, stabbed him a bunch him. of times. Like so clearly like yeah, there's nothing about this that's organized. All of it was totally all over the place and weird. Because, yeah, the whole story. So, like, maybe, like, because what I was thinking was, like, okay, so it was his first idea to take them to the car and then get him in the car and then take them to another place. But he just couldn't take one more second of not killing them. Or he was too afraid to take them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah, he may have had something in mind and then bailed on the idea. Yeah. But I feel like that's what he does all the time. Like, right. I feel like all of it is just this all over the place weirdness. Um so then he went back to the parking lot, drew his little cross circle symbol on um, Hartnell's car with a black felt tip pen. And then beneath it, he also wrote um, Behalio slash 122068, which is that's the date of the first murder. Slash 7469, that's the second. Slash September 2769, that's this one. 630 slash by knife. So at 7.40 p.m., the Napa County Sheriff Department got a call saying he wished to, rep to, quote, report a murder, no, a double murder, before stating that he was the perpetrator of the crime. When the police got to where, uh, this one is really interesting to me, when the police got to where the 
uh, they traced the call from. It was hanging off the hook still at a car wash, 27 miles from the crime scene, but only a few blocks from the sheriff's, sheriff's office, which to me... Again, this is not like my job or anything. I just really love this stuff and I find it extremely interesting. Really feels like he's trying to make it more risky. Because if he would have called close to the... Well, going from a gun to a knife. Right. Out out in public, di- n- not disguised. And, because wearing, and it's not nighttime. I mean, it's six o'clock at right, night. It's but, still light. And wearing a costume rather than just being a run-of-the-mill Joe Blow. Yeah, he's definitely upping He's trying risk. to give himself a name. Well, and also he's trying... I think he's trying... Because like when he called... The first time he was close to her house, but right. not very close to the police department. Right. But this time he was cl- like, it was like, a, I want to see if they can catch me kind of thing. Like, like he obviously, first off, obviously he enjoys the notoriety. Notoriety. That's a big part of it for him. But I think another part was the, like the chase, the, like, I want, I almost want them to catch me, but I want to get away right. in the last minute or else it's not fun anymore. Anyways. Um, so there was still actually a handprint on that the detectives got off the phone. So that's the partial DNA thing they have that they used for Gary Stewart. But uh, there was never any matches for it. So he was never in the system before that. So back to these poor two people bleeding out after having their picnic. Um, After hearing screaming for help, a man and his son who had been fishing in the same uh, park found Hartnell and Shepard and they contacted the park rangers. Obviously, the park rangers contacted the police. So when the cops arrived, Cecilia Shepard was conscious and she gave them an account of what happened. Um, they put them both in the ambulance. Cecilia died on the way. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She went into a coma, um, never woke up and died two days later. And Hartnell survived also. Another interesting thing is, I don't know if he does this on purpose or not, because his is so wild and all over the place. But like the only people that ever survive are men. And he always seems to inflict the women worse. Like it always seems like he stabbed her 10 times, and only stabbed him, which is interesting. Not, I don't know if it means anything for him, but interesting. So, um, okay. So two weeks later on October 11th. So he went from like six months in between to like, now he's doing it or at least six months in between that we know about, I guess. And now he's doing it all the time. Um, a white male got into Paul Stein's cab when he pulled over to let the man out at his stop. He was shot in the head with a nine millimeter by the passenger. The man also took Stein's keys, wallet, and tore away a large section of Stein's bloodstained shirt. Um, at 9.55 p.m., three teenagers were, like, across the street and watched this whole thing happen. So they called the police. Uh, they said after the man exited the vehicle, he used some of the shirt to wipe down the car, like the door handle in any place he would have touched, probably. Um, they also described the man as 25 to 30 years old, uh, was about 5'8", with a crew cut and horn room glasses. So this part is super interesting. So when coming to the crime scene, the cops were like walking to the crime scene about two blocks away, and they came across a white man walking the other way. Um and he walked along the sidewalk and then went up into a stairway leading to one of the homes. But uh, somehow it had gotten confused that when the teenagers described the killer to them that he was they were looking for a black man. Um, so they didn't think anything of it. They just like let yep. him go he just on didn't his match way. the description. Yep. So um and also the police officer, when asked about this man they saw, described him as 35 to 45, five foot ten with a crew cut and hormone glasses. Um so after they knew that he was supposed to be white and that could have been him, they searched the whole area, but of course never found him. Um, 
at first they didn't really think that Paul Stein's murder had anything to do with the Zodiac Killer just because it was so different. And also, I mean, as they called it in the article I was reading, it's just like a normal cabbie shooting. Right. Which Which happens a lot. It's really sad. Um, I mean, cabbies didn't ask for this. So, but... uh, Some of them did. Taking the wrong turns, left, right. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, I was someone tried to do that to me once, and I had to like tell him, "Yo, I like I live here. I'm not a visitor." And then oh, to give, make you spend more money. Yes, I yeah. was like, "What are you? Where are you going?" Oh, sorry, I made a mistake. Yeah, uh-huh. right. So, uh, yeah, so they didn't think it was him, but then on October 13th, which was only what, like, how long ago was that? Oh, two days later. So on October 13th, the Chronicle got another letter from the Zodiac Killer, along with a piece of his bloody shirt. Paul Stein's buddy shirt. Um, the teenage boys were brought in to do a sketch of the killer, uh, which is like the sketch. That's like the one everybody knows yep, the from those one. boys. Ted um, Cruz. Yeah. Um, so this is the last, Paul Stein is the last killing that has been officially confirmed was considered by the Zodiac killer. Um, there's obviously a few more, but they are all either like circumstantial or they couldn't find they couldn't officially connect it, whatever kind of thing. Um, also in the letter that he had sent with the bloody shirt, he threatened to kill a whole school bus full of children. He said, quote, I'll just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out, end quote. So fun. Um, on October 20th, 1969, the Oakland Police Department got a call from someone claiming to be the Zodiac Killer. He demanded that one of two prominent lawyers, um, either Melvin Belie or F. Lee Bailey, appear on the TV show AM San Francisco. Because um, what they would do is they would have like phone lines and people would call in because he wanted to talk to him. So um, Bailey couldn't do it, but believe we did get go on the show and shot with the lines open or sat with the lines open for about 45 minutes. And eventually they did get a call from the Zodiac killer. So I have a clip of that that we will listen to. Talk to us. Just tell us what's going on in, in, inside you right now, Sam, please. I have headache. Right. How long have you had those headaches, Sam? In a long time? Since I killed a kid. Well, was it before December that you had the headaches? Yes. Were you in service that you might have had an injury in service? Did you ever fall out of a tree or downstairs? Were you ever unconscious? I don't know. You don't remember. Does aspirin do you any good? No. Doesn't do any good. Sam, that stuff never did me any good either when I had headaches. Sam, let me ask you a question. Did you... um, did you attempt to call this program one other time when Mr. Belli was with us? And you what? Did you try to call us one other time about two, two or three weeks ago when, when Mel Belli was with us? Yes. And you, and, well, and you we couldn't were, get through? And couldn't get through. The phones were tied up. Was that it? Yes. Right. Sam, let, let me ask you this. There's some reason why you go to a particular doctor or a particular priest for some reason why apparently you, you uh, wanted to talk to, to me or Lee, is it that you feel that we have compassion for people who get in trouble? Or is it you feel that uh, we can do something for you? Or is it you feel that uh, we we're, uh, have enough integrity that if we promise you something, 
But uh, we're going to stick to it. Well, let's find out what, what, why he wanted to talk to Why did you want to talk to Mr. Belli, Sam? I don't want to be hurt. Interesting. Yeah, so, like, a, I mean, everybody says that's him. Who knows how much actual, obviously, we can't know. Yeah, that I have some him. stuff I'm going to talk about that, but yeah. Awesome. Um... Also, yeah, if you didn't hear, I don't they I don't know if he said it before, but he said his name was Sam on right. there. Um, so uh, another part of it is uh, Billy and Sam actually agreed to meet um, in uh, Dolly City. But obviously, Sam never showed, which like he did show. There's no way he didn't go. Right. right. But like, he wasn't present. So yeah, how, yeah. Right. Even if he was like 20 yards away, he was there or he like drove by and then left like he. Yeah had to have shown especially the kind of guy he is there's no way he wouldn't have um okay so then on november 8th he mailed another letter with a 340 character cryptograph that has never officially been deciphered and people have guessed at it and things like that but no one has officially said that's what they believe it was supposed to say um the next day he mailed a seven page letter stating that he had a conversation with two policemen three minutes after he had killed paul stein right so Either that was him or he somehow, I mean, I highly, they didn't, there's no way they like announced on the news. They didn't. I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So he, he definitely, that's, that's the hard part about him is like how much of what he's saying is because he wants notoriety and how much of him is actually, he did it. Um, but there's some stuff that's like sending in the bloody cloth or, um, this talking about the cop. There's no way anyone announced that cops messed up that bad. Right. Like, not at the time that wouldn't have done that. And so anyways, it's interesting. So on December 20th of 1969, which was the one year anniversary anniversary, Hmm. Hmm. one year anniversary of David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen's murders. He sent a letter to Billy asking for his help. Also, it contained another swatch of Stein's bloody shirt. So, um, okay. So then now we're into 1970. So March 22nd, Kathleen Johns, who was seven months pregnant, was driving um, from San San Bernardino to uh, Petaluma uh, to visit her mom. And she was also had her 10 month old daughter in the car, which was so weird to read because it was like her 10 month old daughter right beside her. Like you're just driving along the road and there's a little baby. That's that's cold. In the front seat. I know. I can't. (laughs) How how do you even keep that child contained? Like he would just be seatbelts aren't strong, aren't like tight enough to keep a baby in a seat. Anyways, um, so while driving Put him in a bucket, <laughs> while driving her car, um, a car pulled up behind her and the lights started flashing and the horn was honking aggressively, which, of course, is like, hey, let's pull over. Like, no, no, Catherine. Oh, a lot of the time, that's like something's wrong with Kathleen. Your car. I know, but I don't know. This is like one of those like if this was a movie, there'd be a bunch of people yelling at the screen. Don't do it. Keep driving. Um, so, of course, she pulled over to see what was going on. The man. uh he just sad, pathetic claim claimed her lug nuts were about to fall off. Like you wouldn't see that. Yeah, you would. You you can like, I, like you can see whenever a tire is like off balance. Okay, like I have wobbling. literally never looked at that before. Okay, I have. Well, whatever. Still pretty lame. Um, so he offered to actually tighten. fun fact, <laughs> quick story. My boss, uh, from a couple of years ago, he had gotten his, uh, tires rotated at Costco and they did that. They, they didn't tighten down the lug nuts mm-hmm. properly. And so someone was doing this, trying to get like, Hey, your tires shaking. Like they were trying to get him to pull over, but he was incredibly paranoid. So he just kept <laughs> like driving. Me, yeah. yes. So he just kept driving and the, uh, 
the his rear left wheel just like took off right it was like gone and he was like oh that's what that was about and then he got rear-ended oh dang while sitting there waiting for AAA. I know one time me and my mom were driving and someone like pulled up next to us at a stoplight and was like telling us to like roll down our window like a lot and so I started to roll my window my mom's like don't do it don't do it and I'm like what do you think they're gonna we're driving like what do you think they were gonna gonna shoot you they just shoot you through the window they don't even roll it down and they were telling me I think oh I think my gas cap was open yeah but it was hilarious. Anyways, um, so yeah, he tightened, quote unquote, tightened the light, the lug nuts for her. And then he got back into his car as soon as she started to drive. Unsurprisingly, her wheel came off because what he actually did was completely loosen them. Um, again, he puts a lot of effort into these. Like he he makes it this big deal rather than just like, but then he almost always ends up botching it. Which is really interesting. Yeah, he, he's not good at what he does. But but he keeps trying. Like he yeah. keeps trying to make this big, like convoluted thing when in actuality, like he is not very good at it. Um, so the man then offered to drive her to a gas station. So her and her daughter got in, which this just feels so like I kept thinking about what I was do, but obviously this was the 70s. Like, because I would have said, No, I'm good. I'll just like call my husband and wait until he comes to pick me up. Or like You couldn't call back then, babe. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, yeah. I think of it in my brain, right. but like for her, this is kind of her only option. Right. So it's like, to me, it seems ridiculous, but at the same time, like that was, that's what you did in the 70s. I mean, you were looking at have this dude help or potentially walking. Yeah. Yeah. With your tiny baby with and your you're, ten- with and your you're hugely pregnant. Yeah. Um, so obviously they started passing a bunch of gas stations. Uh, he drove them around for about 90 minutes back and forth on back roads. When Johns would ask about it, he would quickly change the subject. So uh, the next time they came to a stop, she grabbed her daughter and ran out as fast as she could of the car and hid in some bushes. He got out of the car and searched for her with his flashlight, stating that he wouldn't hurt her. Um, and then he finally gave up and left. So John hit, John's hitched a ride to the police station, which again would be terrifying from then on. Like, you have to. Because otherwise you're stuck on the side of the road. But like, yeah, Um, to the police station where she gave her statement while she was there. She saw get the sketch of Paul Stein's killer and said that he was that was him who had taken her. Um, And then John's also told the police where to find her car. When they found it, it was reported that had been gutted and torched. Um, Which I just feel like is unnecessary. But I guess he touched her wheel. But. Um. So then throughout the 70s, the Zodiac Killer continued to have communication with authorities. So clearly, like, he had a big fear of being ignored or, like, left behind. Yeah. He wanted to stay relevant and popular and all those kind of things. So he, even when he wasn't doing killings, at least that we know about or that were as, like, out there in the open, he definitely still wanted to be known. So on April 20th, he sent a letter that said, quote, my name is with a 13-letter cipher after it. In the letter, there was also a diagram of a bomb he said he would use to blow up a school bus. At the bottom, he wrote his circle cross symbol equals 10, SFPD equals zero, like a score. Um, On April 28th, he sent a greeting card to the Chronicle that said, quote, I hope you enjoy yourself when I have my blast in all caps, end quote, followed by his symbol. On the back of it, he threatened to use his bomb soon if the newspaper didn't publish what he had written. He also said he would like to see people wearing, quote, some nice Zodiac buttons, end quote, which just makes me feel weird about people like, buy our stickers and 
Yeah, I know. I actually literally thought of that too. Because there's this other one where he follows up and he's like, I'm sad no one is wearing my buttons. And I was like, I'm sad not enough people have gotten our stickers. Yeah. I'm the Zodiac killer of podcasters. Yep. Uh, So yeah, he later wrote a letter on June 26 talking about how he was upset that he didn't see people wearing his buttons. He also said, (laughs) quote, I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a 38, end quote. Um, It is believed this is connected to the murder of Sergeant Richard Radich? Um, a week earlier, who had been sitting in his car writing a parking citation when he was shot in the head with a 38. SFPD claimed it wasn't connected to Zodiac and is still considered an unsolved murder. But like, come on. That, my other thought with that, though, is like if that was in the news about that man being shot, which it probably was, right? He could have just said it. Mm-hmm. But interesting. But at the same we also know he's perfectly willing to kill people. So that's the other thing that's hard is like... Which one did he do? Which he's one willing did he not? to do the, the extravagant stuff and he's willing to just walk up and shoot. So it could be anything. Yeah, know? exactly. So it could have been him or it could have been whoever yeah. and anybody. And then he just decided, well, that will look like me and look good for my brand because he literally had just shot some dude in a car. So how was it any different? Um, also, in this letter, he took credit for the abduction of Kathleen Johns. Along with that letter was a map of the San Francisco Bay Area. On Mount Diablo, he had written his symbol on, and on the top of it, he had put, so like on the top of the symbol was like a zero and then three, six, and nine. Um, and the instructions said, quote, zero was to be set to magnitude seven, end quote. Uh, there was also another 32 cipher, a 32 character cipher that he claimed along with the numbers on the map would lead them to the bomb he had planted. They never decoded the cipher and never found a bomb. At the bottom of the letter was his symbol equals 12, SFPD equals zero. So he's still saying his numbers are climbing. Um, in another letter sent in on July 6th, or 26th, sorry, he paraphrased a song from the Mikado, the song's called I've Got a Little List, and I have it. As someday it may happen that a victim must be found, I've got a little list, I've got a little list of society offenders who might well be underground and who never would be missed, who never would be missed. There's the idiot denouncing with enthusiastic tone all football teams but his and every suburb but his own. The man who sits beside you on the plane and wants to talk, whose jabbering inspires you to jab him with your fork. Your auntie with the mustache who insists on being kissed. They'd none of them be missed. They'd none of them be missed. He's got them on the list. He's got them on the list. And then none of them be missed. They'd so yeah, that's the song that he was um, paraphrasing, paraphrasing, but he added his own lyrics about, quote, making a little list, in quote, of all the ways he would torture his slaves in paradise. That was also Gilbert and Sullivan, which is what um, the best the guy we were talking about in the opening. Mm-hmm. He was a big fan of them. So, oh, there you go. Um, the letter was again signed by his symbol, but this time uh, it was a very large symbol and it said... Uh, his symbol equals 13, SFPD equals zero. So, Ken killed another person, according to him. Um, oh, and then also in the note at the bottom of the letter, he wrote, quote, P.S. The Mount Diablo Code concerns radians plus um, the number of inches along the radians, end quote. So, in 1981, a Zodiac researcher, Garrett Penn, actually examined the... Ex- examined? He examined examined the radian hint closer and realized that a radian angle when planted, not planted. Why can't I talk? 
when placed over the map, like the killer said to, pointed to the locations of two of his attacks. Um, okay, so on October 7th, this is also still 1970, the Chronicle got a letter signed by the Zodiac Killer with a symbol that was reportedly done in blood. Also, the card's message was done by cutting out and pasting words and letters from different editions of the newspaper. So this is like where that started, right? The whole like creepy message with the newspaper clippings that spelled out an, a message. I don't know if it started there, but yeah, I would sure didn't I don't help. think, yeah, I don't think I've heard of it before that. Um, so here's where we talk about Paul Avery. Uh, he was a reporter for the Chronicle that had been covering the Zodiac case. Uh, he received a Halloween card on October 27th that said, quote, peekaboo, you're doomed, end quote, and was signed by the letter Z and the killer symbol. Not long after getting that, he also received a letter that alerted him to similarities between the Zodiac Killer's attacks and an unsolved murder that had happened before December 20th. So before the very first one that's known. So um, Sherry Lowe Bates was at her school library in Riverside, California on October 30th, 1966 until 9 p.m. Uh, neighbors reported hearing screams at about 10.30 p.m. and Bates' body was found the next morning not far from the library. Her body was found beaten badly and she was stabbed repeatedly. The wires on her car distributor cap had been pulled out. Uh, nearby, they had found a man's watch with the wristband that had been torn. The watch had stopped at 1224, but it was believed that the attack occurred much earlier. Then in November, uh, November 29, 1966, the Riverside Police and the Riverside Press Enterprise received almost identical typewritten letters called, quote, the confession, end quote. The author confessed to Bates' murder, giving details of it that hadn't been released. It also said, quote, Bates is not the first and she will not be the last, end quote, which is very Zodiac-like. Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about people that um, we think the Zodiac Killer are, or mm -hmm. that are popular, but this, since this comes up, like this fits in better than waiting for my section. So Ross Sullivan is one of the people that um, is believed to be the Zodiac Killer, and it's because he was an employee at the Riverside City College Library, um, which is near where Bates's body was found. Mm -hmm. And um, a co-worker also said that Sullivan had made them uncomfortable and then disappeared several days after the murder. Um, Sullivan also sported a crew cut and glasses, similar to the, the sketch of the Zodiac. Um, he also moved to Northern California in 1967 and was hospitalized several times for bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Huh. He wore an army jacket and military style boots like those left uh, that left the footprints at the Lake Berryessa murders, the stabbings rather. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Zodiac um, Zodiac buffs also say that his letters mention the Mikado, which was that, uh, yeah. that from that song we just listened to by Gilbert and Sullivan, uh, which could be, um, not only a reference to the, the piece, but also a reference to his own name being Sullivan. Huh. Interesting. Yep. Um, okay. You tell us later why he was ruled out, ruled out. Yeah. He wasn't. Oh yeah. So that's, that's that. He He's wasn't ruled like out. It's just that he, Ross Sullivan was tied to the Sherry Bo Joe Bates murders, but the Sherry Joe Bates murder until connected. this weren't connected well, to the Well, but Zodiac. even then, hold on. Yeah. Um, so also in the library, Bates had been, oh, wait, hold on. Had been seen in last, the student library. Um, a student discovered a poem carved into the bottom side of a desktop titled, quote, sick of living slash unwilling to die, end quote. The handwriting and language of the poem was very similar to the Zodiac Killer, and it was signed with what was assumed the initials RH at the bottom, which easily could have been RS, maybe. Um, on April 30th, exactly six months after her death, Bates' father, 
Um, the press enterprise and the police department all received the same handwritten letter that said, quote, Bates had to die. There will be more in quote with a small scribble at the bottom that resembled the letter Z. So, um, yeah, but they, uh, anyways. Okay. So back to 1970, Avery got this letter saying like alerting him to the possibility of the connection. Um, so he reported it to the Chronicle and wrote an article, uh, connecting the Zodiac to Bates on, um, November 16th of 1970. So then, um, on March 13th of 1971, uh, Zodiac mailed a letter to the Los Angeles times in it. He credited the police, not Avery, weirdly enough, and connecting him to Bates murder. Uh, he commended them on discovering his quote Riverside activity, but they are only finding the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down there in quote. I wonder what down there means for him, like in the ground. Um, to this day, though, Riverside police and Paul Avery maintain that Bates was not killed by Zodiac, uh, but believe that some of the letters may have been his so he could claim credit falsely. Right. So maybe that. So I'm, I'm sure that's why is that. Well, I'm going to talk, talk okay. about that in general. Yeah. Um, so Paul Avery also got another postcard on March 22nd. So, hey, maybe this is why you shouldn't cover Zodiac. Maybe this is the reason why the other people were like, nah, we'll let the Chronicle do it. Right. Um, on March 22nd, 1971, where Zodiac claimed he was responsible for the disappearance of Donna Lass on September 6th of 1970. Um, he made the words out of another collage of magazine headings and advertisements. So on his collage, there was a scene on it from an ad of forest, forest, <laughs> forest pine condos. Um, and the, the ad had the text Sierra Club sought victim 12 peek through the pines and past Lake Tahoe areas and around in the snow. Like he had put that on there. Um, Donna Lass was a nurse at the Sahara Tahoe Hotel and Casino on September 6th of 1970. She got off her last shift at 2 a.m. Later that uh, day, Lass's employee, employer, sorry, and landlord both received a call from a man stating she had left town due to a family emergency. Um, obviously, that wasn't true. And she was never seen again and never found. Uh, what appeared to be a gravesite was found in Northern California on Sierra Club property, which Sierra Club was one of the words that was in his collage. Um, that was believed to be Lass's. But once they dug, up, dug it up, all they found was a pair of sunglasses. Yep. So... One of the other most likely folks to have been the Zodiac Killer was Lawrence Kane, who worked in the same Lake Tahoe t hotel as Donna Lass um, and might have learned code in Naval Reserves because that's what he did for the Navy. Oh, which um, uh, bully he talked about him being in service. Right. Um, he was in a 1962 car accident, which uh, gave him a brain injury, which compromised his ability to control urges. Um, he was arrested for peeping in 1961 and prowling in 1968. A retired police detective investigating the case in the 1980s claimed that Kane's name was embedded in one of the Zodiac ciphers. Da Darlene, um, one of the murder victims, mm -hmm. or not, not, yeah, one of the murder victims, uh, sister Linda had identified a photo of Kane as the man she, uh, she said bothered Dar Darlene at a restaurant. Um, a San Francisco police officer who probably saw the Zodiac moment uh, or who was claimed to have seen the Zodiac uh, moments after Stein's murder, the cabbie, mm -hmm. um, said Kane's photo was the closest he'd seen out of any other likeness um, to the man. And then Kathleen Johns, who uh, was the pregnant woman with the baby, right? Yeah. Um, uh, also identified a photo of Kane as Zodiac. Huh. So, and he was never proven 
to not be it either. Well, but also, again, her disappearance was never connected, officially connected to Zodiac. Exactly. Which is also what makes this so difficult. Because another thing he did, nothing that he did, except for the very first two killings, nothing else that we that we know about was similar. Right. Like they, he did everything so differently. He shot with yeah, different which guns. I'll, I'll talk about. Yeah. Right. He shot with different guns. He used different weapons. He did it to different kinds of people. Like it wasn't always a couple together. It wasn't always right. a woman. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Like there's the nothing are, like he, he mugged the cabbie, but didn't mug anyone else. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like right. he was just all over the place. Like he right. just, he made no sense. And so because of that, I think it's, e- it was easier for him to get away with it. Um, so after contacting Avery about, uh, Lass's disappearance, the Zodiac did not contact the authorities for three years. So on January 29th of 1974, so before it was 1971, it's 1974, he sent the Chronicle a letter stating that the exorcist was quote, the best, satir- sat- I can't say this word. Satirical? Mm-hmm. Comedy that I have ever seen in quote. He put a strange symbol on the bottom that he had never used before and then said me equals 37, SFPD equals zero. So there were obviously other letters letters sent to the Chronicle over the years speculated to be from Zodiac and many they believed trying to impersonate him. But that was the final letter that they believed to be officially written by him. Um, So, yeah. So although we have these ones that we know of that were officially him. Like said before, there's a chance that there was up to 37 victims total, at least that he said that's just from his mouth, which obviously he's not exactly a reliable source. Um, so uh, they never, they, they interviewed over 2,500 different possible suspects, but never really latched on to one, obviously. So in 2004, the um, San Francisco PD marked the Zodiac case as inactive um, just because of their load because the simple just amount. They had so many other things they had to do, but um, did reopen it in 2007. It is also open in Napa County and Riverside in May of 2018. The Vahelio police department announced that they were going to try a new way to collect DNA from the stamps Zodiac had used to identify him. Um, they said that uh, it. they had seen it work a few other times in other situations. And so they said they would get results in a few weeks, but we have never heard anything back from that. So obviously they either didn't get anything or not anything substantial enough or whatever. So yeah, that is all of his attacks slash communication with authorities in any way. So for all of that, my sources were, it's going to take a second, webarchive.org, uh, zodiackiller.com, books.google.com and the book is uh zodiac unmasked the identity of america's most elusive serial killer revealed uh m.sfgate.com wait hold on i just had the tuscaloosa news it's on a news article on news.google.com uh biography.com theadvocate.com sfchronicle.com and that's it All right, cool. So let's take a quick break for ads and then we'll get right back to it. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. I'm Swanson, host of the TV Tuners podcast. Every week on TV Tuners, me and my co-host, Kiorain. Swanson, I need water. And Stairmaster. Review the latest in TV and discuss news, trailers, and even find time to play some fun games. Right now, we're working overtime to cram as much TV knowledge into our brains as possible. Isn't that right, guys? We've been here for 24 hours. We need to get out of here. Not until you answer who Norm is. 
He's Frazier's brother! Wrong. You get the shock. <gasps> Check out TV Tales, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or any of the podcatchers of your choice. Okay, so I'm going to talk about um, who the Zodiac Killer might have been or some theories behind the Zodiac Killer. Um, but yeah, so clearly he was very egotistical, um, you know, was like in the face of the the public. And um, there's been a ton of theories about who he is. So I'm going to go uh, initially down a list of names from least likely to most. So one of them is Lewis Myers. He's a man uh, or sorry, a man named Randy Kennedy. Uh, claimed his friend Lewis Myers admitted to being the Zodiac before he died in May 2002 of cirrhosis of the liver. Myers claimed he was motivated to kill couples because he had suffered romantic rejection. Uh, Myers went to high school with two of the victims and worked at the same restaurant with a third. He was also in the military, giving him access to the type of boots the Zodiac wore. In in fact, he had been deployed to Germany for two years, during which um, time there was a lapse in all communication from the Zodiac. Okay. Um... Then you have Donald Lee Bujak. I think I say, I'm saying that name, right? Um, so he was suspected because uh, the hooded man who stabbed the couple at Lake Berryessa um, said he had just escaped from prison in Montana or Colorado, right? Right. But, but this is the Montana angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to Brian Hartnell, who survived the attack, you know, because the guy survived, mm-hmm. um, researcher uh, Kevin Robert Brooks developed a lengthy circumstantial case implicating Donald Lee Bojack, who was released in 1968 from Montana's Deer Lodge Penitentiary after seven, uh, serving 11 years of a life sentence for killing a sheriff's deputy. Um so, according to Brooks, a uh, fellow inmate said that Bujak had talked about killing people to make them slaves in the afterlife, um, huh. like Zodiac, you know, clearly said. And uh, Brooks claimed the Halloween card sent to reporter Paul Avery dep- uh, depicted harsh conditions at the prison and that Boo on the inside referenced uh, Bujak's name, Bujak. Hmm. Um Bujak had been discharged from the army for mental health reasons, and Brooks alleged that uh, markings on some Zodiac envelopes spelled out Zodiac is a veteran with 4F. Um, Brooks also uh, speculated that the Zodiac signature cross circle symbol was inspired by the helicopter landing pad at Fort Ord, California, where Bujak had been stationed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Bujak was ruled out because his fingerprints did not match those believed to be the Zodiacs. I'll get to the fingerprints in a moment. Um, a park ranger at Lake Berryessa claimed Hartnell said the prison was in Colorado, not Montana. Mm-hmm. And Bujak was released just three days before the Zodiac's Lake Herman Road killings. Uh, some re- researchers think it would be uh, very difficult for him to make that uh, travel distance after yeah. having just, you know, left prison. Right. Um, and Bujak was incarcerated during the Bates murder. So um, and other killings that may have been the Zodiacs. Um, and he also died in 1993. Just in case it was him, he's dead. Hmm. Um, Jack Terrence was suspected because uh, Dennis Kaufman um, received uh, extensive publicity claiming that his late stepfather, Jack Terrence, was the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaufman said that Terrence was a dead ringer for the composite sketch and claimed to have a stash of incriminating evidence, including a roll of film depicting possible victims and a bizarre hooded costume like the one Zodiac wore at Lake Berryessa. Ugh. In a 2007 documentary or Discovery Channel documentary, a document examiner said Terrence's handwriting matched Zodiac's, but he was ruled out because law enforcement officials uh, 
dismissed the evidence that he had with air quotes um, as complete nonsense. So one photo showed a blob of color, which he claimed was the Black Dahlia victim, Elizabeth Short, but it was just like a blob of color. <laughs> okay. The hooded costume that he produced and said was the costume was a lot more crude than what the victims described. So he probably just fashioned it. Um, researchers also challenged the document examiner's credibility because she believed Jack Terrence's handwriting was also the same handwriting found on the Jean Benet Ramsey note, ransom okay. note. But Terrence was dead by then. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So they think that pretty much all that was crap. He was you just imagine trying to, if your friend wanted so badly to get attention that they like threw you under the bus, right? Or your stepson. Yeah. yeah right. Anybody around yeah. you who's just like just hey. somebody. Yeah. So then we've got Earl Van Best, which we talked about already. Um, but I just want to mention that he's number six on the list. Um, and like I said, just a quick recap. So, you know, he knew some creepy people and all this, but uh, he was ruled out because, again, the fingerprints don't match. Um, the handwriting expert, the minister's handwriting was thought to be his, yeah, but it was right. actually a minister. Um, and also, you know, and this this comes back up again, but the crew cut and horn room glasses is describes so many people all and that comes place, up all the yeah. time. Well, especially a veteran. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you've got Richard Gajkowski. Um, So Gajkowski audited, I mean, edited a counterculture newspaper in San Francisco. A uh, former co-worker sent long rambling letters to law enforcement agencies accusing him of being Zodiac and said Gajkowski invited him to engage in violent acts together. Um, the accuser nicknamed Goldcatcher appeared in uh, disguise on an episode of the History Channel's Mystery Quest in 09 and provided r a recording of Gajkowski's voice. Um, on that show, a police dispatcher who spoke to Zodiac said she thought it was the same voice. Huh. Um, researcher Tom Voigt also notes that Geik appears, uh, G-Y-K-E, clearly a shortening of Gajkowski, uh -huh. um, appears in a part of the cipher that Zodiac said would contain his identity. Um, however, it was ruled out because Goldcatcher was a known conspiracy theorist with little credibility, much like us. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, and he was described uh, by a San Francisco police officer as one of the three top Zodiac kooks. Um, when Narlo, who's an Napa detective, interviewed Gajkowski, the journalist claimed he was out of the country at the time of the 1968 murders on Lake Herman Road. Um, but he had lost his passport um, and San Francisco and Napa police uh, denied requests to compare a DNA sample from Gajkowski with the Zodiac's DNA sample. I don't know why they would deny that, okay. um, but he died in 04. Um, Richard Marshall was suspected be, um, and he was a ham, a ham radio operator and movie pro projectionist. Um, he lived in Riverside in 1966 and later in San Francisco where the Stein murder uh, occurred. Visitors to his home told police they found him peculiar and that he had talked about finding, quote, something much more exciting than sex, end quote. Hmm. Um, Marshall liked old movies like The Red Phantom, which was mentioned in a 1974 Zodiac letter. He lived in a basement apartment, which the Zodiac also cited in his letters, and owned a typewriter and teletype similar to those the Zodiac used. Um, they both liked felt-tip pens and odd-sized paper, <laughs> which is odd. Mm -hmm. Um in a 1989 uh, interview, Marshall himself said that there were a lot of similarities between him and Zodiac, but said he wasn't the Zodiac. So, yeah, we got to take his word for it. Weird thing right? to say. Right. Um, but uh, Napa County Police uh, Sheriff's Detective Ken Narlo, who pursued the case for decades, says, quote, uh, Marshall makes good reading, but not a very good suspect in my estimation. Um, he died in 2008. I don't have any more details as to why they ruled him out. Probably it's the lack of details is why. Right. 
Um, Just like he was kind of a weird dude. Right. So we think he murdered a bunch of people. Exactly. Then you have Arthur Lee Allen, who was portrayed as the prime suspect in um, Robert Graysmith's books. Uh, one of those books was the basis of the 2007 movie Zodiac. Uh-huh. Allen was questioned by police in 1969 and again in 1971 after a friend told authorities Allen had talked about wanting to kill people and secure a flashlight to a firearm like Zodiac did in his first killing. Allen wore a Zodiac brand watch, um, which, okay, it's a huge brand. Um, True. He owned the same cali- caliber gun as one of the Zodiac shootings. And which he shot a 38, a 9 mil, and a 45. Exactly. Like three of the most common... common. Well, and it's three. So they right. said he only owned one, which right, most yeah. of us do. I own all three. So, um, so I'm the Zodiac, apparently. Apparently. Even though I wasn't even alive. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but this one's a little more sketchy. He told police that bloody knives in his car were used for killing chickens. Oh, no. Yeah. He was less than honorably discharged from the Navy um, and had been fired from his school teacher job for sexual misconduct allegations. Um, yeah. He was a, a, a accused pedo. Um, he was also ambidextrous, which some theorists say could have helped disguise the Zodiac's handwriting as yeah. being ambidextrous. Right. Um, police investigating Allen again in 1991 after an informant, uh, uh, facing armed robbery charges said that Allen had boasted to him about killing a cab driver. Um, Markle, I mean, Michael Magoo, um, who survived the Vallejo attack. Yeah. Remember, um, he identified a photo, a photo of Allen as the shooter. Huh? So he was ruled out because, quote, Alan, se- Alan seems like a good suspect as long as you only get information from people who thinks he's guilty, says Butter- Butterfield, <laughs> who's a 20, right. 20 year researcher of Zodiac and the ho- owner of ZodiacKillerFacts.com. Uh-huh. Um, Alan didn't mit- wit- match witness descriptions of the Zodiac except for that one. Um, his fingerprints didn't match those found on Paul Stein's cab and believed to be the Zodiacs. And his palm print didn't match one found on a Zodiac letter and his DNA didn't match the partial DNA profile. Um, so two searches of Alan's home found no incriminating evidence and police had samples of his right and left handwriting and neither matched the Zodiacs. So, again, it's been hyperbolized. Uh, ranked at number two, most likely is again, Ross Sullivan, who just to refresh your memory, was uh, employed at the Riverside uh, College Library where Sherry Joe Bates, not an official Zodiac killing yet, um, was murdered. Low. And then, huh? Her name is Sherry Low Bates. Uh, I did copy paste and said Sherry Joe. Okay. Anyway, never mind uh, then. Take that out. Uh, who knows? Well, Hey, one of us is right. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then Lawrence Kane, who uh, again worked in the same hotel as Donna Lass, who disappeared in 1970 and may have been another victim, but wasn't one of the originals. Um, so I got that list from history.com, um, like as in History Channel, which is why they plugged their Mystery Quest um, show in there. <laughs> um, but it was a good list. It was, it was very, very good. Now, uh, this I got from thoughtcatalog.com. Um, so these are like theories behind the Zodiac killer and why it's so hard to pinpoint. So number one, the Zodiac killer was not one person, but at least two um, okay. is a theory. And this one makes a lot of sense to me. So the two main people that they think it was, uh, was the killer and the letter writer split right now. There may have been multiple killers, which I'll get into, but okay. Um, by splitting these two, um, they could have been working together or on their own. It's hard to tell. Um, but someone like a San Francisco Bay police officer would yes. have enough. In- yeah, yeah, I was thinking that. Right. Would have enough information to write their letters um, that the Zodiac Killer quote unquote sent to the newspapers. Yeah. Um, and there's a Reddit theory uh, or thread that's actually really well researched. Um, 
But it says, quote, it seems to me that the letter writer could have not even known the killer in the shootings of the teenagers and Paul Stein. If the writer had been a cop, he would have been able to accurately describe the crime scenes. He likely also could have ripped off part of Stein's shirt after the body had been taken away. Yeah. Um, that means he could have been an SFPD officer, which is that's that's a big theory that the killer was actually the SF, SFPD officer is a huge theory. But the, okay. the writer being the police officer is also equally yeah. like, likely. Um, but he could have gotten scene descriptions from the Vallejo murder as well. Um, and then again, maybe the killer was Arthur Lee Allen, the one that's in the movie. Um, and serial killers often do work in pairs. Uh, what's most compelling about the theory is how advantageous it would be for the killers. Cause if the killer was caught, he would be cleared based on the evidence from the letters still coming out. Right. Yeah. True. Cause then it's, Oh, you're not the Zodiac. Right. Um, since it would be assumed that they were the same person. So it would be an advantageous, uh, setup. Um, number two is, um, Again, the the encounter between the police and the killer, they actually think that uh, racism played a big part in that. Right, because he was a white guy. Right. Like, and yeah, interestingly enough, there's a, like it could have been that he was, it was assumed that he was black, that the, maybe the teenagers never gave an actual. No, the, the teenagers say that they never gave a black description. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, or like they, what probably happened is they didn't give a description of the color of his skin at all. No, they, they said they did. Oh, really? Yeah, they oh, just okay. said that the police officers, quote unquote, didn't get the memo. Um Quote, when police radioed in to keep an eye out for the suspect, there was a terrible mistake in the communication, which had police seeking a colored man instead of a Caucasian one. Um, two police who were patrolling the area happened to come across a man who, right. yeah, like we talked about. Um, so another theory was the Zodiac Killer used cement to conceal his fingerprints. Um, so one myth of the Zodiac Killer has been uh, able to evade capture and his identity was not found due to uh, cementing his fingerprints. In one of the letters, the Zodiac Killer claimed this, that he uh, coated his fingertips in two coats of airplane cement to prevent leaving prints behind, which would mean then whatever prints they did find, now they're misattributing. Well, and also that would be interesting because... Because I saw it as like super sloppy that his like he had, they had prints on his letters, they had prints on his crime scenes, all that kind of stuff. But if yeah, if he did that, then he wouldn't have to care. Right. He wouldn't care. So then it would just be the wrong prints. And now we're saying people aren't him. If anything, I feel like to who the Zodiac Killer is, that would be more interesting. Yeah. Because then they're searching for someone who isn't even. Well, and that goes back to another theory, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but this is one that says uh, the Zodiac Killer's crimes are linked to the Manson family. So some people believe the Zodiac Killer is Bruce Dern, who is a member of the Manson right. family. Bruce Dern um, was convicted um, for his crimes committed while being a member of the Manson family. Um, so being, you know, the Zodiac Killer isn't that big of a stretch. Right. Uh, and the Zodiac and Manson connection goes uh, into this theory further, which I believe is a book um, giving evidence why Dern is a Zodiac Killer. Uh, but here are some of the connections, like to one of the Zodiac victims, Sherry Joe Bates. This is the second one that's Joe. Sorry, All right, I think so it's Joe. Joe. My yeah. bad. Um, he returned, quote, he returned to Tennessee, but relocated back to California in 1964, near the time of the San Diego honeymoon murders. He lived in Anaheim, Riverside, Buena Park, uh, Costa Mesa, and spent some time in Newport Beach. Uh, Zodiac victim Sherry Joe Bates frequented this location. During this time, he worked as a welder, painter, pipe fitter, general construction worker, longshoreman, farm laborer, bar assistant, road surveyor, and mechanic. In other words, he was everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, finally, quote, dropping out of society in November 1966 at the same time that the Zodiac wrote the Bates confession letter, the, the one you talked about. Yeah. Uh, Davis became a, quote, transient undergrounder. 
um, end quote. So Riverside City College was undergoing a re- renovation during the years 1965 to 1967. It's believed that Davis actually worked on that project from time to time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So he was not only everywhere, but also, uh, you know. Specifically a, there. Yeah. yeah. This is Davis. Darn. Um, I was wondering why you said Davis. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't know. I hope I didn't copy that wrong, but I don't think I did. Um, the Zodiac called into a television show like we talked about. So the, uh, um, the Sam voice that was claiming to be the Zodiac killer, um, police were unable to trace the call, which is interesting, or track him down in any way. Um, a lot of people don't think that that was actually a Zodiac killer. They think it was just somebody, you know, calling to get there. Who knew that he was coming on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, six. So this one is an interesting theory that I believe, uh, or, or that I think has some credence. Um, but it's that there is no Zodiac killer. Um, so the Zodiac killer might just be a sham. Um, there's a blog Zodiac hoax, which certain, certainly thinks so. Um, the author, the author of the blog bases their argument around the issue that only a small number of people involved in with investigating Zodiac actually believed that there was a singular Zodiac killer. Um, so uh, this author says, quote, so why have so many people been so convinced for so long? One result of my research was that the discovery, quote, unquote, unquote, um, that in real life, very few people who had direct knowledge of these four murders actually believed the Zodiac theory at all. Only Les Lundbald, uh, Lundblad of the Salano County Sheriff's Office, Ken Narlo of the Napa County Sheriff's Office, Mel Nikolai of the California Department of Justice and Sherwood Morrill, a DOG question uh, documents examiner, seemed to actually even believe in the Zodiac. Everyone else related with the with the case uh, didn't really believe that they were connected. Okay. Um, and that actually fits a lot because then you, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. You got the different MOs and as a white dude who wants to commit murder and you can get a crew cut and some horn ring glasses. And next thing you know, uh, it's going to be attributed to a bunch of stuff that you weren't there for. So, um, I mean, it was, it was honestly, it was a free pass for a lot of people fitting a very cookie cutter dimension yeah. to commit a murder, right? Like, and yeah, then, I look like that guy. I could totally go kill someone. I think it's him. Right. And then I'm from gonna... the letter writing perspective, um, the, the letters were written with intimate details that were not released to the public. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. But again, if the letter writer was a police officer, that's getting all these dudes off the hook. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just rare you see a prolific serial killer like this. I mean, we've looked at several of them, right? But it's, it's rare that you see them without any type of MO that matches. Like the only one that did make sense was the, uh, dude who claimed he was Zodiac because he was rejected by these girls in high school or whatever. And he did have a legitimate connection, but, but then it then, broke from that so fast. Paul Stein, why would you right. kill Paul? It, and it broke from it so fast. Um, okay. So then there was the Vietnam vet theory, um, it's very uncommon for a serial killer to just stop killing, um, but it seems to happen to be the case with the Zodiac unless he was in prison, died, or moved out of the country. Uh, but some people believe that Zodiac was uh, deployed to Vietnam and was killed there, which which is what ended his crime spree. Hmm. It would also explain why the killer wore military-issue boots and uh, why witnesses described him as having a crew cut, is maybe he got deployed and died. Uh, another theory is that he is a cop. So some of the Zodiac's actions indicate possible knowledge of police procedure. For instance, he often attacked in very public places, which are not very well monitored by the police or weren't at the time um, because, you know, wide open crimes just didn't happen. Much. Yeah, right. Um, it's almost as if he knew the cops wouldn't be there again. You don't have to be a cop to infer that, though. Well, and, and also understanding the whole like not having an M.O. Yeah, like yeah if it, exactly. If it really was he, one he person. Yes. And if it was a cop. 
Like that's that that was what I was thinking too. Is either yeah. separate people or someone pretending to be separate people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this letter writer comes out and he could have just, you know, decided to do that as well. Who knows? Um, but his attacks occurred in different jurisdictions, which mm-hmm. that, that is yep. interesting, which he, uh, if it was a cop, he would know this would cause confusion and evidence being spread amongst different police precincts. Um, and also a Zodiac fingerprint is theorized to have been a fake, something that would require forensic know-how to do. Hmm. Um, so then there's also the theory that he is the same as the Texarkana Moonlight Murderer, which we've seen a documentary on. It's on yep. like, it's the, uh, uh, so this this murderer was like the origin for like the urban legend of, you know, if you go out to the mm-hmm. um, lover's uh, lane, lover's lane, like you're going to get a hook hand or whatever. Um, but anyway, so if you've seen the film, the town that dreaded sundown, um, which was referenced in the documentary, um, you know about this murderer who's also known as the phantom killer of Texarkana. Um, some have theori- theorized that the killer may have become the Zodiac later in life. Um, similarities between the two are striking. Both wore hoods as masks, both targeted young couples and, and lovers lanes, both primarily use handguns and flashlights to blind their victims and both abruptly cease their activity. The theory is that the reason, uh, TMM stopped his killing is that he fled to California only to resume his activities as a Zodiac. But the b- biggest problem with this theory is time. TMM was active in the mid 40s, whereas Zodiac oh, yeah. committed his crimes in the late 60s. So he would have had to have been zero years old in order right, to well, match because the everyone description. Said he's like 30. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't say he was old. So uh, it doesn't really make sense. It's just something people grab onto. Um, but I mean, if he was, let's say, 18, then he would have been 48. And if he was a young looking 48, some people did say 35 to 40. I think it's too much of a stretch. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. And then, of course, there's the Unabomber. So some people believe Ted Kaczynski was responsible for being the Zodiac prior to becoming the Unabomber because uh, Kaczynski also lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. And also there are similarities between um, the Unabomber and Zodiac's communications with the police and the media and the use of ciphers. Also, Zodiac ended that letter with, I'm going to have a blast. You better find my bomb. Right. Um, So he could have transitioned into becoming the Unabomber. Um. Which that one I think is interesting too. I, gun to my head, um, I think that it's probably separate people with a letter writer. That, that's what I well, think. Well, and that's where I get interested because every time he talked about anything he talked about happening in his letters did not happen. Like yeah. the bombing bus didn't happen. Taking out the bus right. full of school children. Never the happened. Threatening to drive around and kill right. 12 Cause, people. Because you can threaten. And then just hope someone's going to make good on it. Right. And then no one does. But the only things he got right were stuff that happened in the past. Exactly. Yeah. Another interesting thing I think about is um, Cherry Joe Bates. So like if that whole, if that poem that was sketched into the desktop was him, that would take a really long time to do. Right. So he had to have scoped her out for a mm-hmm. while. Nowhere else did he do that. Right. Nowhere. Yeah. There like, were, like the motive was always everything lacking. else was super random. I, I right. mean, even the lover's lane, you could think, okay, he scoped out lover's lane, but from then on, it's just like, well, that's kind of what I was getting at by the doing place. the list is I think Lawrence Kane did kill. What's her name? And then Ross, uh, Ross killed the other right. one. And this other person killed the other person. And conglomeratively they were Zodiac. I think there's a chance. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that there's a chance that the, that, um, the two lovers lanes are connected um, just because that's kind of an MO in general of killing couples that go, because I, I think a lot of times that connects to the whole, like being lonely or feeling rejected or whatever. Um, 
So I could see maybe those two were him. And then he just continued. He just like, I can't continue to take credit. He continued to say, sure, I did that. Right. Sure. I shot some dude in the head. Sure. I, you know what I mean? Like all this kind of stuff. And yeah, maybe the well, writer. Especially if it was somebody who had access to the stuff that was going right, on. Right. Yeah. Because the other stuff, because the, yeah, the other things that make the most sense would be a cop or at least someone who is close to a cop. Yeah. Right. Like it, it um, could have been pillow talk. Like you never know. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So that's really interesting to me. I just, for me, it's the fact that I, I like to look at it from like, cause obviously we don't know. There's all these op- different things for me. That makes the most sense. But if this is one person, it's so interesting because the writer seems extremely, this is my other thing of thinking the writer and the person are different. Sorry. Just going to go back to that. The writer seems very methodical and very like, planned out and all that kind of stuff. The murderer is not at all. Well, and that's why, you know, people keep going back to like urge control as far as who the killer was. Yeah. Is that sitting at a desk, like they could have all well, these and thoughts. Well, and like walking up stuff. with a plan and with an idea and then just and then like totally it. Yeah. ruining it. Which I, I, I could see either way, whether or not the writer is the same person. Like I could right. see, I could but see that. But the other interesting thing to me, yeah, is the fact that like he's such a contradiction as a person. And there's a chance that maybe that is like he, the whole urge thing, the maybe he's bipolar, those kind of things, because he just, like I said, like he comes at, he always came at it with this idea of I'm going to do all this stuff. And then it always turned into, I'm just going to stab you in the middle of a park. Right. And not like, even ensure that you're dead. Even yes. like, so that was another thing that, that was interesting with the Zodiac is a lot of the times he would have had time to finish off the job. Like he even came right. back and shot that one dude in Lover's and Lane. Multiple he still times. lived and he still lived. Yeah. yeah. So, um, he's just sloppy. I mean, really? Yeah. Sloppy is a great word for it. So it clearly was an urge thing. And then the other idea to me that I think about a lot is like, if again, going off of the idea that this is one person that he did all of this, sure, whatever, like how much of this was about killing people and how much of this was about fame, like how much of it was about the chase was about, because he kept giving hints to who he was. He kept like, obviously he, a small part of him wanted them to find out not enough to stop or to get arrested, obviously, because no one wants to go to prison, but like enough just to keep them on his tail because otherwise it's not fun. It's right. not, and it's not exciting and entertaining. The actual killing itself wasn't fun enough mm-hmm. that he had to, or like making the phone calls right after he had to make sure they knew what had happened when it had happened. Because if he killed somebody and walked away and they didn't know for three days, that would be boring. Right. That's not fun. Right. Well, and the other part about claiming work, right, is like it's the easiest work to claim because nobody's going to step up and go, no, actually, I did it. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. And so I just think that that's something that I've always thought that about Zodiac. I thought I, I never thought that he actually committed everything that he said he did. So. Right. But for me, like the whole interesting aspect of this, obviously, none of it is the murdering. I don't enjoy it. It's not entertaining. What's interesting to me is their thought process and the way that their brains think and the way that they do this. And the Zodiac, again, if I'm taking this as one person who did all of this is so confusing and so all over the place and such a just walking contradiction. And that's, that's why I think so many people are drawn to Zodiac. And I think I am same for me is it's just, I want to figure him out. I want to understand Zodiac too, is like, he's not quite HH Holmes or or Jack the Ripper, but Mm -hmm. he was one of the first ones to really get the public's attention during spree, you know? Right. Well, um, so like on Mindhunter, um, which I love that show, watch that show. If you love this stuff, like I do, if not, maybe don't, it's a little creepy, but it's a great show. Um, there's a part where they are interviewing one of the serial killers and they asked him, um, how did you get caught? And he said, no one who does this professionally gets caught unless they want to what he said um which really like stuck with me because the idea of like messing up but like actually quick quick point of fact that 
super not true statement by that. So he he made that statement, I'm sure, because they do base the show off of like real people. Right. Um, but it's actually been like there have been a bunch of studies about how uh, serial killers get their rocks off on feeling like they're smarter than everybody. Um, but they've actually been able to IQ test a bunch of them oh, and they're yeah. all like below average. I'm sure. I just mean to themselves. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying like it's. No, I'm just saying yeah. for fun, though, like the whole idea of like the genius serial killer. Um, there have been very, very, very few. Right. Um, and that's how come so many of them do well, eventually get caught in the end, as well. they're all a little bit Neh. like there's something wrong. So they're just not going to be that. And I, and you got, you would have to get sloppy eventually. Right. Like it's the whole Ted Bundy thing, how he started out so meticulous. And then once he'd already gotten caught and he escaped to Florida, he got real, real sloppy because it was just a mental aspect of it. Um, which is another interesting thing, how different murders are different to the same person. But anyways, um, that idea, yeah, of you're so, of I'm so intelligent. I'm so above everybody else. I can do it exactly how I want. But the weird part is Zodiac Killer, again, if he's one person, did it real sloppy and real messy and somehow still got away with this. Right. Because, okay, even if this wasn't one person, each and every single one of these people got away with this. Yeah. If they're they all one different person. I mean, like, like we've said a hundred times on this show, we've said it once, we've said it a million times. The time for murdering was 50 years ago. Seriously, I mean, if you think about it, a man in a creepy outfit walked up to two random people in a park, tied, held them at gunpoint, tied time to tie them up and then stab them. Like in the daylight, in essentially. The, in yeah. the day, yeah. like where other, a man is fishing with fishing his son. Fishing right down over there, yeah. Like that's insane to me. That is, there is nothing methodical and planned out about that. There is nothing sneaky. That is just plain ballsy and crazy. Well, that's like what, what does separate. H.H. Holmes is that dude was smart and he had a murder hotel, you know, right, like, yeah, which we need to do an episode on. Him, oh, we do. He's our next murder. He's one really for good. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And that's what's so interesting about it is I feel like the Zodiac was just a bunch of luck for him was just like he happened to murder in the 60s, which was a great time for murder. Like right. we were talking about. Um, and he somehow just like like even in his ideas, like, sure, maybe he concreted his fingerprints, but also maybe he was just never arrested before and wasn't in the system. Yep. You know, I mean, there's just so many things that like feel so like oopsie daisy. And he just like fell upon the fact that he got away with it. It's just crazy to me. It's crazy. I get why people get so obsessed with this because it's really interesting, especially the different theories of what it could be. Yep. Good. Yeah, I'm good. That's long. It was. Our um, last two episodes have been real long. Real long. Um, this one's not that long compared to a special, but um, yeah. So this has been another episode of Skeptical Skeptics, and at the end of this episode, we will do the drawing. We will do the drawing. So this so is a stick around. Yeah, stick around, and we'll we'll go ahead and knock that out, um, and then we will blast the results on social media, so you guys will see that. Um, but after the episode, because that's what Rachel wanted last time, right? Was hear the episode once I release the episode, then we'll put it on social media. Yeah, it'd be weird to put it first. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that's what I did last time. I know. I didn't like it because it's like you want to hear it on here. Yep. Um, yeah. So stick around for that. OK, so we just did the drawing and there were over 50 entrants this time. So we decided that we would make like seven winners. So we decided that the top person would win a shirt. The second place person would win like a tote bag or a cup we'll work that out with them whichever one they want like a lower tier item uh from our merch store and then we would pick um another five people to win stickers so we have adam scheffler you won a shirt and blows of mercy from instagram you won a bag or cup or something like a different kind of item from our store so we'll be reaching out to you to set that up so congratulations 
Congrats, guys. Yeah, congrats. Unless you didn't want one, and I'm sorry. Then we're sorry, yeah. And <laughs> if, if you want something like a cup or something cheaper um, and, and that you would actually it's use. shirt level or less. Yeah, shirt level <laughs> or less. So uh, feel free to, once we, once we reach out, we'll make sure you get something you actually want. Um, and then the next five who have all won stickers are mffl40 from our itunes uh reviews so please reach out on social media that way we know who you are justin carl you also want a sticker bobby nichols sharon helene or helene darling uh you never corrected me on that one so sorry for saying it twice without knowing alex garcia polly barker walker and alicia kozamar so, Woo! yeah. So congrats to everybody who won a sticker. Um, please reach out to us. That way we can get your addresses. We'll be posting it on social media after this episode. So yeah. in case you didn't hear it here, you'll see it there. You'll see it there. But we definitely need addresses and all of that for shirts, sizes, all that kind of stuff, or else we cannot send it to you. Yep. Um, so please reach out to us. Um, and then we'll also uh, give you the chance to choose between the two stickers we have, either the, the standard logo or the, oh, I don't like that. And um, if someone does not reach out within like a week ish we'll yeah, probably I mean, we'll go down the line and we'll personally contact people who yeah who can are below yeah step up and get so that want everyone get a chance to win yep so um yeah so congrats again now and thanks guys for reaching out so seriously what makes this podcast 99 percent of what it is for me yes and so if you reach out to the podcast you're immediately put onto the list for the next drawing so please do that if you leave a review we put you in twice um and yeah so make sure you reach out to us Okay, so you guys might remember we talked about doing a mystery box potentially. So what we decided was the best way to do it is for the next drawing that'll actually be a prize. And we'll like already have it set up and stuff because right now we don't have anything for it. So if we promised that like it would take us a while, it would take a hot minute. So we and we've already done this. So so our next drawing t-shirts and stickers this time next time. First place will probably be a mystery box. It'll be the mystery box. Unless you're not interested. Unless you're not. Well, but then there's no way to tell. So here's what I'll say. (laughs) The next drawing will be a mystery box and stickers. That way we still get some stickers out. And then we'll reach out to like the top 10 people um, in order. And then whoever, whoever of those winners um, says that they're interested, then we'll do it. Because we want to document it, put it on social media, get a podcast about the mystery box. Like, it'll be a fun thing, I think, but uh, it'll definitely be experimental for the first time. So somebody's got to be an active participant. So that's what we'll do. Um, Anyway, this has been a special episode of Skeptical Skeptics. Thanks so much for sticking around. Um, Oh, also, rest in peace, Podcoin. It's dying in like four days. That's our OG. Uh, And it's also uh, like my... Pod, podcast player so now i have to get out to a different one uh, my old one which i didn't like as much so um not ideal but yeah rip podcoin uh they're killing it for whatever reason well actually i know the reason they ran out of money but yeah so um tell your friends about us because they were podcoin was pretty huge for our numbers it was, so yeah. yeah so help us also, out it was like the place where we got all our, our statistics what? That's where we got all our statistics of like who was listening, where they were listening. That's Podbean, babe. No, that's Podcoin. No, it's Podbean. Podbean's our host. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Cut no that out. I wonder why you thought this was devastating. Yeah, I thought it was like our website. No, no. Cut we're it out fine. then. Okay. Cut it out. Anyway, so yeah, rip Podcoin. Um, yeah, and uh, reach out to us, skepticsskeptics.com, at skepticspod everywhere else. All right. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Welcome, everybody.
everybody to the Skeptical Skeptics podcast. I did it again. A Skeptical Skeptics podcast. What the hell? <laughs> Ready? Like there's multiple. I know. Like which which one? Um, you should just start saying that every time and wait until, until someone, someone, someone notices. Like, is there, there more? <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Cut. That, action. Like the chance that it was assumed that action. You- why did you say while I'm saying action? I don't know. Action. <laughs>